Good morning and a very warm welcome to our phone service and podcast for today, Sunday the 24th of June. The recording comes live from Drung last week where we were looking at Jesus' teaching on the parable of the soils and responding to his word. So I'll hand you over to that service now. Well, good morning and a very warm welcome to Drung Church for our service of morning prayer this morning. It's great to see you here uh, this morning. It's also the Sunday School Prize Giving uh, and it's also Father's Day. So uh, welcome, uh, whatever reason you're here this morning. It's great to be able to gather together to hear God's word and to sing his praise. We are thinking especially today about hearing God's word uh, as we look at the next little bit in Luke's Gospel, how we respond to God's word and our opening hymn based on words from Psalm 95, the Vanity, encourages us in that fourth verse to pay attention to God's word. It says, come hear his voice today, receive what love imparts, his holy will obey, and harden not your hearts. His ways are best, and lead at last all troubles past to perfect rest. Let's uh, pray and then uh, as we remain standing, and then we'll sing together. Heavenly Father, we do pray today we would respond to your word the right way. Please help us to pay attention to your word and please help us as we sing your praise. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's sing together.
And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and say to this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull, and their ears heavy, and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Then I said, how long, O Lord? And he said, Until cities lie waste without inhabitant, and houses without people, and the land is a desolate waste. And the Lord removes people far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. And though a tent remain in it, it will be burnt again, like a terebinth or an oak whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you very much, William, for reading our first reading this morning. How many times did you hear the word ears? And how many times did you hear the word eyes? Yep, Jesse. How many did you get? Two. Two. Brilliant. Well done. Two times ears. And how many times eyes? Two as well. Two times ears, two times eyes. And it's all about how we hear and see God's word. Are we paying attention to his word? It's a very serious thing to hear the word of God and sometimes we disobey God's word and so we're going to come and say sorry to God. It's a very serious thing to go on disobeying God as we'll see in Isaiah. It's a dangerous place to be but we're going to come and say sorry to God for the times we've disobeyed him in the all-age confession on page two of the service card. God our Father, we come to you in sorrow for our sins for turning away from you and ignoring your will for our lives, Lord, we are sorry. For behaving just as we wish, without thinking of you, Lord, we are sorry. For failing you by what we do and think and say, Lord, we are sorry. For letting ourselves be drawn away from you by temptations in the world about us, Lord, we are sorry. For living as if we were ashamed to belong to your Son, Lord, we are sorry. Well, at the end of the reading, we heard about the, the seed. The holy seed is the stump. It's a promise of one who would come, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who would perfectly obey God and die for us so that we can be forgiven. And I can pray with confidence. May the Father forgive us by the death of his Son and strengthen us to live in the power of the Spirit all our days. Amen. Well, if you're able, please do stand to join in the responses at the bottom of page two of the service card. O Lord, open our lips. O God, make speed to save us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. 
We're going to praise his name in our all-age song. Uh, it's a light and a hammer. It reminds us God's word is powerful and that we need to pay attention to it. It's the voice of our Father, our perfect heavenly Father. So let's remain standing and Dorothy will help us to sing this. seated and uh, some of the children are going to come and lead us in our prayers this morning. So Merciful Father, we forgive us for all the times we've done and said things that hurt you and other people. We recognise our faults and know that we have sinned. It is our prayer that your spirit will be at work in our hearts and that we will live a long, clean, a long life pleasing to you. Amen. 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 
Let's continue in prayer. We pray, Heavenly Father, this day for fathers. We thank you for those who've fathered us. And we do pray uh, for your comfort for those for whom today is a hard day, and whether through the loss of a father, whether through not being able to be a father, whether through challenges as being a father or uh, for, for children with challenges as well. We pray for your comfort and that today we would know you as our heavenly father and your everlasting arms around us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We also pray for any facing particular challenges at the moment and continue to remember Leon Briardy and Olive Simmons, Lucy Roberts, Maria Turnin, Marion Gray, William, Christine Riley, and in a moment of quiet, any others personally known to us. Heavenly Father, we pray you'd help each person we've just named or thought about. Please give them patience in their trials. Please free them from anxiety and grant them your peace that passes understanding. We pray it may be your will to restore and to heal, but whatever the case, we pray for your grace to be sufficient for each person and your power made perfect in weakness. We pray you'd help each person to know that you're at work in all things for the good of those who love you, so that they may trust you in the trials. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we also remember those grieving at the moment, praying this week especially for the family and friends of David Riley, of Sally Robbins, of Cecil Hamill, of John McDermott, of Laura Donahoe, and also remembering today on their anniversaries, the family and friends of Paul Watson and the family and friends of Pearl Jordan. And in a moment of quiet, any others who are known personally to us who are grieving at this time. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the comforts which come to us from the Gospel, for the words of divine promise which whisper themselves into our hearts, for the assurance of the sympathy of Jesus who wept with his friends in their bereavement, for the blessed hopes of resurrection and immortality which come to us from the broken grave of the Redeemer. May you quiet the hearts of all who are grieving and comfort them. Please bless their broken home circles and may the memories of the vanished life stay in their hearts as holy blessings. Please bless them with the tenderest blessings of your love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We close our prayers by joining together in the words our Saviour taught us as we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Well, if you'd like to look up there for our second Bible reading, and again, members of Sunday School are going to come and read this for us. Soon afterwards, he went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, 
and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna and many others who provided for them out of their means. And when a great kite was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went to, out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some fell along a path and was trampled underfoot, and birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock. As it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell along thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil, and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what the parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, The seed is the word of God, the ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, who when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that is the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Thank you very much for reading for us uh, and for those who led the prayers as well. It's great to have you involved this morning and we'll have the prize giving a little later on in the service. We're going to stand and affirm our faith together and then we're going to sing and ask that God would speak to us uh, through his word. So let's first of all join in the words of the the creed on page three of the service card. Together we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's remain standing as we sing, asking God to speak to us through his word to plant his word deep inside of us.
church is built and the earth is filled with your glory. Speak, O Lord, till your church is built and the earth is filled with your glory. Please speak to us today and give us soft hearts to respond to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, children, there is an activity sheet for you that Dorothy's passed around. I'll tell you when to fill that in, so don't start yet, because I want you to look first of all at this and tell me uh, what this is. Any ideas what this is? Anyone know? Uh, someone got it in, in, in Lavi, but didn't get it in Ballyhays. Anyone know what it is? Yep. A seed. It's a big seed, isn't it? Do you know what it's a seed for? It's a tuber for something. A dahlia! That's very good. Well done. Brilliant. It's for a dahlia is the right answer. A beautiful flower called a dahlia. Do you know where it came from? Well, you probably can't tell just by, by looking at it, but it came from Jean, the bishop's wife. And do you know where she got it from? Uh, she got it from a man called Cecil on the way to Killykeen. There's a, a man there that lives... You've probably seen his beautiful hedges carved into different shapes. And at the moment, there's beautiful sweet williams out there. And soon there'll be beautiful dahlias in there. So I've no doubt but that this is a good tuber, a good seed from where it came from. Well, imagine I decide that a great place to, to, to put this would be on our, our new concrete path. Um, you know, it would be a lovely place. We've just built this path for William to get down to the den. It'd be nice to have a, a nice flower in the middle of the concrete path, wouldn't it? And I just put it there. What would happen? Yeah? It, well, it, I think we'd be doing well if it withered, wouldn't we? Yeah? It would fall down the hill. Yeah, yes? It'd just stand there and do nothing, wouldn't it? Maybe an animal might eat it. My dog might give it a try, give it a chew. But nothing would happen. Imagine if I go back to Jean and I'd say, look, there's something wrong with that tuber you gave me. It, it didn't grow. And she'd say to me, well, where did you plant it? Oh, on the nice new concrete path, I said. Oh, well, of course it won't grow there, she'd say. Why would you plant it there? You're such a townie, maybe she'd add. Well, what about the farmer in the story that Jesus told? Doesn't he end up planting on the path? Does he not know what he's doing? Is he careless? Well, compared to modern tractors that I gather have sat-navs, not so you can find your way around the field, but so that you know where to plant the seed exactly, and they, they put the fertilizer in the right place. Compared to that, yes, in the first century, they, they had a bag full of their seed and they broadcast it. They, they took it out, they threw the seed. And so, of course, they'd be aiming for the nice, good plowed soil, but some of it inevitably would end up in other places. Some of it would get blown by the wind, some would just fall in other places. And uh, children, I'd like you to, to fill in now at number one on the sheet. The first of all, A, that the first place where this seed ends up is the path. And the path, well, that was created by the traffic. By, and maybe you've got cattle tracks like this. Where, you know, they, they walk the same path and it gets rock solid underneath, doesn't it? Uh, maybe there's an area in a field where you always walk and it gets solid. In a field in a, in a dry country, it would have got very hard where people continuously, people and animals kept walking. It would have got hard. And so what happened to that seed? And you can draw a picture of what happened to the seed. What happened? It got trampled and birds came and ate it. It got pecked up by birds. It was just bird food. That was what happened to it. 
Well, the next picture there is a bit misleading on your sheet, children. It's, it's rocks, but actually the, the soil was rock rather than rocks. It wasn't that there were lots of rocks in it. It was that this, there was a thin layer of soil on top of rock, thick layer of rock. And so what happened was that soil warmed up very quickly, um, but because there was no depth, the, the plant couldn't put down its roots and get moisture, and so it withered uh, in, in the sun. So you can draw a, a picture there of the plant withering because of the sun. It dries up quickly and withers. The third picture there on the sheet children is the thorns. Uh, you can draw a picture then of what happens in the thorns. Uh, it is amazing, isn't it, how the thorns and the weeds can grow whatever the weather. They don't seem to mind whether it's raining or sunny. They will keep growing. But your plants will get choked out by these weeds. The plants will come and take the light. If you want the plants to produce fruit, you'll have to pull those weeds out so that uh, they don't get choked. There's three types of soil where it seems to be wasted, doesn't it? This seed, there's nothing wrong with the seed, it's good seed, but it seems to be wasted. But, thankfully, there's some seed that falls on good soil. And there's a harvest, a hundredfold. That's D, children on the sheet, the good soil. And this dahlia, if I plant it in good soil, I've, I've no doubt, if I plant it and water it, it will grow. It's a, nothing wrong with the seed. If it falls in good soil, it will grow. Well, why did Jesus tell this parable? Was he interested in gardening? Uh, did he want the farmers to get the best yield that they could from their land? Well, notice how Jesus ends the parable in verse 8. He says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, pay attention to God's word. Don't just let it go in one ear and out the other. Listen to God's word. It's as if we're all in the parable and Jesus is saying, make sure you're like the good soil. The parables are a bit like a mirror. I've brought in a mirror here this morning and uh, the, the mirror shows you what you look like, doesn't it? And it shows you when you're, when you're shaving that you've, uh, you've missed a bit uh, and you need to, to, to go back over it. The mirror, you look in there, you see what you're like and the parables of Jesus are meant to act a bit like a mirror. We're meant to see ourselves in them and to respond to them. The disciples do the right thing. They ask Jesus about the parable. They say, look, we don't quite get it. Can you, can you explain to us what it means? Before we look at what it means, can you just take a look at your hand, whatever age you're at, you can, you can look at your hands. And do you, see a, do you see any calluses? Have you got any of them? Anyone got, got calluses? They're, they're the hard bits, the dry skin from where you, if you're using a shovel a lot, uh, you might get dry skin. Um, mine are a bit soft at the moment because I, I wore gloves when we did the path, sorry. Uh, but, you know, if you're doing a lot of manual labour, you've probably got the calluses and they form hard, hard bits uh, on the hands. And there's, there's nothing wrong with them, is there? They protect your hands almost uh, and you'll, you'll lose the feeling there. That's fine for your hands, but it's not so good for your heart, is it? And Jesus is warning people that you, you, you can, if you go on resisting God's word, you can build up hardness on your heart. You can grow calluses, if you like, on your heart. Not literally, but it, it, it's, it's, it's a dangerous place to be, isn't it? If we go on ignoring God's word, we'll find our hearts hardened to him. It's very dangerous. If we hear God's word and we don't obey him, we can end up building up these calluses on our hearts so that it just becomes easier and easier to say no to God. 
to say no to what he says to us. And children, that's number two on the sheet. If we refuse to listen to God's word, we can end up with hard hearts. And you can draw a picture of someone not listening to God's word. Well, before Jesus explains what the parable means, he he reminds the disciples of words from our first reading. So in verse 10, Jesus is speaking words from Isaiah, uh, chapter 6, where he says, To you it's been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they're in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Isaiah, the prophet, was called to speak to people who would not listen to him. They would not listen to the word of God. And so part of the judgment on them was that their hearts were hardened. They would hear God's word, but they wouldn't understand it. The very word that could save them, if they kept it, would blind them if they didn't. What a serious thing it is for us to hear the word of God. Well, with the warning from Jesus in place, let's look at what he teaches us and pray that the Lord would give us soft hearts to respond to his word rightly. Jesus tells us in verse 11 that the seed is the word of God. There in verse 11, the seed is the word of God. And that's number three, you children on the sheets. Over the page, the seed is the word of God. There's nothing wrong with the seed. It's the word of God. There's nothing wrong with it. It's good. It's good seed. But this word lands in different places as it's preached. Remember, Jesus has been going throughout the the cities and the villages there in verse 1, proclaiming, broadcasting, if you like, broadcasting, scattering the word, and lots of people hear that word. The question is, how will they respond to the word? And Jesus says, well, some are like the seed on the path. They don't respond at all to the word. They've got hard hearts so that the word does not get in. It does not penetrate. It will not get in. And the seed is simply snatched away. It's horrible to have something stolen, isn't it? It's just gone. And maybe churches should have something outside the door that says, warning, thieves operate here. Not that they're after your wallet. That's okay. But it's something worse. Satan is after the word of God from your heart. He will distract you to take that word from your heart so that you don't hear. And children, you might like to design uh, there, number four, a picture that we could display outside the church to warn that thieves operate here. Satan will snatch the word from your heart. Maybe it's even happened to you. Maybe you've experienced that. You've heard God's word. You've heard he loves you. You've heard he loves you so much he sent his son to die for you. And he calls you to follow him. And then it's gone. Bishop from a previous century, Bishop J.C. Ryle, says this, There are thousands of professing Christians in this state of soul. There's hardly a church where scores of them are not to be found. Sunday after Sunday, they allow the devil to catch away the good seed that's sown on the face of their hearts. Week after week, they live on without faith or fear or knowledge or grace, feeling nothing, caring nothing, taking no more interest in religion than if Christ had never died on the cross at all. And in this state they often die and are buried and are lost forever in hell. This is a mournful picture, but only too true. Well, as the word is preached this morning, as the the mirror is held up, do you see yourself in this type of soil? Jesus' plea is, don't be like this. Don't harden your heart to his word. Listen carefully to his word. When God speaks, 
seek to obey. Jesus warns that if we don't listen to his word, well, do you see what he says at the end of verse 12? It's very clear, isn't it? <clears throat> Satan snatches the word so that they may not believe and be saved. And not everyone is saved, but only those who believe the word, who live it out. There's a warning here from Jesus. He's come to save us, but we need to come to him and listen to him. Don't let the calluses grow. Don't be hard-hearted. Well, then the second type of soil is the rock. And verse 13, we're told it, it starts so well, doesn't it? Verse 13, the ones on the rock, they're those who hear the word, receive it with joy. It sounds so good to them. They make a promising start. It germinates. The seed comes up. There's some growth. And maybe this is someone who knows they've not gone God's way. They hear of God's offer of forgiveness, of peace with God, of knowing the one who made them. And they think this sounds great. But then some testing or trial comes, children. That's number five. The seed that falls on the rock is like the person who gives up when testing or trials come, when tested. The testing comes, maybe it's a health challenge. Or someone teases you for following Jesus or for taking his word seriously. And you think, well, I didn't sign up for this. And your faith withers. Jesus wants us to know that testing will come, trials will come. When you follow Jesus, you're following the one who was rejected by men. And so it's not surprising if people reject you. Children on the sheet there, I've got a picture of some sunflowers that I managed to grow in a, a previous uh, uh, year. Uh, and it's number six on the sheet. You've got to draw a, an arrow to the sunflowers that gave up when they face trials. You see, some of them, the ones in the sort of brownish colour pots, I planted inside first. And they, they started off great. They, they sort of shot up and they, they looked great. But then, do you know what happened when I put them outside? They, they, they just sort of flopped like that, as you can see. It wasn't that they weren't watered. It's just they hadn't been tested. And so when the test came along, the wind came along, uh, it just blew them over. They couldn't stand up under trial. But the other ones, the bigger ones, they started off slower. They started off very slowly, but you see what was happening was the wind was testing them and they resisted and they got fatter stalks and their roots went down deeper and deeper. And so that as they grew up, they were able to withstand the wind as it blew against them. They were able to stand when tested. So when testing comes, don't give up. It's not a sign that things have gone wrong. Jesus warned us that trials would come. If you're not being tested at the moment, do praise God and seek to go deeper with him so that when the trial comes, you're able to stand. As the mirror is held up this morning, do you see yourself in this soil? Are you tempted to give up on God's word when things get tough? What about the thorns? That's the next one. The thorns there. Uh, if you do any gardening, you'll know this battle. Why is it the weeds grow so much faster? And yet maybe this soil is the most dangerous for us because you might not notice the weeds creeping in until they have overwhelmed you. Jesus warns that his word may get choked out by the cares, the riches and the pleasures of life. Now that's number seven on the sheet, children. The cares, the riches... And the pleasures of life choke out the word. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. We will always have cares, won't we? Things that need doing. Things we're concerned about. There's nothing wrong with money, unless it becomes more important to us than God. 
There's nothing wrong with pleasure, it's a gift of God. But we need to make sure we keep those things in their right place. It's so easy to let the Word of God get crowded out by other things. I once worked for a, a water sports company in Greece, teaching windsurfing. And uh, it was a Christian company. I wasn't a Christian at the time, but we had to go to a church service on a Sunday morning. Uh, it was in the hotel, and there was a visiting speaker. And I still remember one week when the, the visiting speaker was speaking on something very serious. He said that if you, uh, what good is it, taking Jesus' words, what good is it to gain the whole world and yet forfeit your soul? And you'd think, oh, surely I'd hear that and think, gosh, this is worth thinking about. But you know what? All I could think about when I heard that word soul was a windsurfing sale that was called a Neil Pride soul. All I could think about was that sale and how I was going to save up and buy it. It had become more important to me than my own soul. And do you know where that sale is now? I did buy it. Do you know where it is now? It's in the bin. It didn't last. Well, what might be crowding out God's word in your life? Uh, maybe you're a bit like Connor. Connor started coming to church. He was enjoying hearing about Jesus, the miracles that Jesus did. He was struck by the love of Jesus in dying for him. Connor also loved hurling, and he got really good at it. He got to play for the county, but the trouble was that the games were all on a Sunday morning. Well, he thought, I'll come back to church someday. But the word got choked out, and he didn't. As the mirror is held up, what is it for you? What, what stops you from reading God's word each day? Why not start uh, today, if you're not in the habit of it? Start with the gospel and just read a chapter a day. Ask God to speak to you. What is it that stops you getting to church? Why not make a commitment today to be here every week, uh, unless you're on holiday or there's some emergency? Don't let God's word get choked out of your life. Well, as we've heard about these three soils, uh, uh, the chances are we've all been in them at different points, haven't we? There have been, been times that we haven't listened to God's word. Uh, do you know the one speaking these words is the only one who always perfectly obeyed God? And he died for you and for me so that we can be forgiven. And so he calls us now, even today, not to resist his word, not to harden our hearts, but to come to him with a soft heart. We can still be good soil. Do you see what the secret is to being good soil? Verse 15, as for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Hear God's word and don't let go of it. Listen to God's word the way you might listen to the, the farming weather forecast. I heard th this week as we had David Riley's funeral that David used to say, shh, when the weather forecast came on, the farming forecast, so that you could pay attention to it. So you know when to cut the silage and spread the slurry. Your life is impacted by it. Would you listen to God's word in the same way? When was the last time that you changed your plans for the week or for the day because of God's word? Would you let God's word affect your life? Holding fast to God's word means reading it regularly. Committing to read God's word, believing what it says, memorizing it so that when you're in the hospital, you know maybe those words from Isaiah 43 where God says, fear not, for I'm with you. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know when you're going through a hard time? Fear not, for I'm with you. 
Hide God's word in your heart so that it grows there. Come along to Bible study. Come along to church. And what happens as we respond to God's word? Well, we're told that we'll bear fruit with patience. Stick with Jesus and you will bear fruit. Well, as the mirror's held up for the last time, are you in this good soil? Do you hold fast God's word? Just before Jesus told this parable, and just afterwards, we meet some people who are good soil. They're women there at the beginning of chapter 8. They've left everything to follow Jesus, and they're providing for him out of their own means. And then at the end of verse 21, Jesus says, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. We'll think more about that verse in a couple of weeks' time. But there's the answer, isn't it? To hear God's word and to put it into practice. Let's have a moment of quiet to ask God that he'd give us soft hearts to respond to his word, and then I'll lead us in prayer. Lord God, our Father, we confess to you today that sometimes we allow other things to choke out your word in our lives. Please keep us from distraction. Help us to be able to focus on your word day by day, week by week, that we might be those who hold fast to your word and bear fruit with patience. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to sing of that wonderful God we have and his word that can never be broken, that reliable word. Let's stand and sing number 646, Glorious Things of Thee Are Spoken.
If you'd like to take the blue service card as we remain standing, uh, you'll see there's a prayer there that I thought would be good for us to pray in response to the word we've heard today, that it, wouldn't, that it would take root in our hearts. So let's join in that prayer on page six, beginning, Grant, O Lord. Together we pray. Grant, O Lord, that the word which we've heard today may so take root in our hearts that we, living in accordance with your holy will, may ever praise and magnify your glorious name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, if I can just give you the announcements there, uh, and that's to say that Dorothy and I are on holiday. Uh, if there are any emergencies, please do contact Reverend Mark Smith on 089-278-2540. And uh, our next In Touch will be uh, in July. It'll be the... Um, It'll be the 20th of July from 3.30 till 5 p.m. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. Uh, God bless.